Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. Today we're talking about water, a vital resource, and the ways in which we think about it and how we use it on a daily basis. One way in which we all use water is to flush the toilet. And in an average house or office or school, that's something that happens many times a day. So it makes sense to think about the water that's used and where it goes once it exits your toilet. Many houses today have what is called an aerobic treatment unit, or ATU, where effluent water is sprayed over an open area called a spray dispersal field. These systems work as long as they're well-maintained, but homeowners may be unaware of what's required for regular maintenance, and that can result in effluent being sprayed that is not treated to a safe level. My guests are Dr. Joanne Jernigan, who is an environmentally conscious builder of houses, and David Van Huysen, a licensed professional engineer who has, for 30 years, designed wastewater treatment systems that reuse and conserve water. These integrated water systems are often referred to as one water systems and are built in a way that is more robust and stable than ATUs. As it happens, Dr. Jernigan is building a house that uses the one water system that David Van Huysen designed, which is why we have them here together. We'll talk about the ways in which the system, which uses innovative biofiltration methods and subsurface drip irrigation, reuses and thereby conserves precious water supplies. I asked Dr. Jernigan to talk about how she got into building environmentally friendly houses. After raising four children, working as a teacher and a social worker, and going to school at nights, I gained a degree in sociology at the University of Houston, which gave me an insight to how populations um, react. And then I went on to become a, uh, to gain a, a degree in rehabilitation counseling and a doctorate in vocational education for special populations. When my husband and I retired, we um, decided to do something together, and he suggested building. So we had had a little experience in this, and we began building houses. And then we were off. I think that we've done about 20 homes, uh, either remodeling or constructing new homes. And each time, I have um, really tried to improve on our building methods. In 2010, I ran for the Hayes Trinity Water Conservation Board and became the first woman on the board. I served there for two and a half years and found that um, uh, the state laws were blocking a lot of create, creative thinking. At that time, I was interested in combining uh, the building program with the conservation program and designed, with David's help, 
and the help of an architect, a way to build condominiums that um, would use all the water. After that, it has always been an interest of mine. To build a house that uses yeah. this sort of one water concept. Yeah, the one water concept. Okay. All right. Um, well, thank you for that. David, would you like to well, say first, something about yourself? Uh, first, first, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Uh, I'm a licensed professional engineer, uh, and I've been working in the arena of uh, integrated water management, or what is now being called by the term one water, for over three decades, and specifically in regard to the wastewater system for Jones House that we're going to be discussing today. I conceptualized back in the 1980s the uh, basic system configuration for this, and then uh, working in Washington Island in Wisconsin from 1990 to 95, I ran the premier proof of concept study for this system as a nitrogen reducing system. And then coming out of that, I uh, set forth the basic um, uh, configuration of this sort of a treatment system that every um, uh, system that, use, that reduces nitrogen uses that uses the what is called the recirculating packed bed filter technology, which is the generic name for the technology we're using here. The version that I de uh, designed of this process, I've called the, the high-performance biofiltration concept, and I've been designing this for over 25 years around here. We're here to talk about an environmentally friendly house that mm -hmm. uh, Joanne is building. And some of the other terms to, uh, that have been used to describe this type of construction are eco-friendly, nature-friendly, and green. But they all refer to a structure that does minimal harm to ecosystems or the environment. So, uh, Joanne, let's begin by having you tell us about the house and the features that make it eco-friendly or green. Oh, thank you. Um, the house is built out of insulated concrete forms which means that there will be uh, a lot less energy used heating and cooling the house. And also, um, the insurance is going to be about half the cost of the regular construction. I like this type of building because it is so tight and uh, it, uh, is, it creates a soundproof environment and I can run the air conditioner as much as I like. And uh, I do love air conditioning. Uh, besides that, of course, we're going to have uh, a low water use um, commodes, etc. And uh, then we're going to put in the uh, system that David is designing for us where we can use the water for our landscaping. And all in all, it's pretty exciting, uh, but something of a challenge. So well, the materials that the house is being built of, what is that again, and, and how does it, how is it constructed? Does it arrive in sort of pre-made pieces, or how does it uh, It arrives built? in big foam blocks uh, that are made up by a company with um, a space in between. The blocks that we used are nine inches. They come in different widths. But there are four inches of the interior is poured concrete. Uh, you lay your rebars or your um, steel 
support systems inside the walls, and mm-hmm. then the concrete is poured on top of those. And it produces a, a building that uh, is supposed to stand for 400 years. So how thick are the walls? Then? Oh, they're nine inches thick. Okay. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Dr. Joanne Jernigan, an environmentally conscious builder, and David Van Heisen, professional engineer. And we're talking about uh, green building at this point, but we're going to be talking uh, in just a minute about uh, the system that's being designed for the house that uh, deals with water. So obviously every house has to have uh, some source of water, but uh, the water system in this house, as I understand it, is different, uh, very innovative, and one that you, uh, David, have designed. Uh, Can you talk about uh, what that is and and kind of give us a little more detail? Where does the water come from? Okay. Um, How is it used? Uh, Well... Uh, yes, this is um, uh, an example of what's now being popularized as One Water, the integrated water management uh, concepts that I've been working and popularizing for three decades that holds that all water is a resource uh, that we should not be addressing so much of the water that flows through our communities as if it were a nuisance. And the point of the management is to make it go away. Uh, and uh, that's how commonly how wastewater and stormwater is treated. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the water supply to this house comes from a conventional water system that gets draws its water from reservoirs and aquifers. It would be possible, though probably not fiscally or practically feasible in this particular case to get a large portion of the water supply from rainwater harvesting off the roof of the house, uh, which would be another one water strategy. Um, So here, the one water feature that that is most prominent is this high quality treatment unit that then disperses the uh, the treated water uh, to irrigate some of the landscaping on the site so that we uh, uh, substitute uh, this water for uh, water that would have come from that potable water supply. So, so the water uh, comes into the house and then is used for all purposes. So yes. drinking, bathing, flushing, yes. washing, and so on. Yes. And then what happens to And then it? all that wastewater um, goes out into this system. And this high-performance uh, biofiltration concept system starts with a septic tank, just like uh, any on-site system. And the, the big chunks come out there. And then this water passes on to a tank where a pump there uh, doses this partially clarified water onto the top of a filter bed. And so it's an important point. Uh, this The power is only required to get the water up to the top of the filter bed. It's not required to run the treatment process itself. Mm-hmm. That process is imparted by the biota that are living on the filter media in the filter that is imparted to that water as it flows down through it by gravity. So if you lose power, okay. you we- don't... I'm sorry, the biota. What is that? Uh, the the microbes uh, okay. and uh, other so the, other the other bugs. The filtration system has some layer of. Yeah, the, well, microbes. in this particular case, it's hanging sheets of geotextile fabric. Oh. The conventional form of this type of system used uh, sand or gravel media, uh-huh. uh, uh, but that requires a much larger filter bed because it's the void volume is so much lower than this. Geotextile fabric. So this is an innovation in this field that mm-hmm. makes this more efficient to install and 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 so on. Uh, but anyway, if you lose your power, you don't lose a treatment process. That biota just sits there and patiently waits for the water to start flowing again and uh, picks up without losing a beat. 
<clears throat> and so the water coming out the bottom of this filter bed then is really clean. So it's cleaner than most municipal treatment plants will produce. Wow. Um, and so, and it also has a large majority of the nitrogen removed. And nitrogen is a very problematic pollutant uh, uh, in, in, in hill country especially. There's all kinds of uh, protests against discharges into hill country streams because of the nitrogen causing algae blooms. Uh, but in this case, uh, we're running it into the landscape uh, through the subsurface drip irrigation field. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Dr. Joanne Jernigan and David Van Heysen. We're talking about an innovative new water septic treatment system. And we'll be back in just a minute after a break. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here today with Dr. Joanne Jernigan, an environmentally conscious builder, and David Van Heysen, a professional engineer. And we're talking about David's biofiltration wastewater system. When we left off, you were describing how the system works and how the treated wastewater is used to irrigate the landscape. Give us a little more detail on how that works. The, the treated effluent flows into another pump tank and a pump there pressurizes drip irrigation lines and these are uh, half inch poly lines that have emitters built into them lets the ooze water ooze out at about one gallon per hour out of each emitter so it's a very slow controlled wetting of the uh, of the surface of the yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know they're down about six to eight inches and wow. so you, you just you're you're directly irrigating the root zone of the plants so it's a very fi- efficient irrigation system because you're not spraying it into the air and losing a lot through evaporation. Right. It's all applied to the plants. And uh, it also maximizes the ability for the use of the nutrients in it. So the uptake of the nutrients is enhanced because it's put right there on the roots and so on. Now, the, this type of system, tell me again what it's called. I, I label the uh, the version that I designed the high-performance biofiltration concept. Okay. Uh, the generic term is recirculating pack bed filter, or the old name is recirculating sand filter or recirculating gravel filter. But like I say, we're using okay. more advanced media now. But is this is this type of system more expensive than a traditional septic system <clears throat> well, yes, to the install? In, the installed cost of this system uh, will be higher. Uh, the equipment package for the high-performance biofiltration concept is, oh, I don't know, something like three or 4000 more than what the typical equipment package would be for the aerobic treatment unit, or the ATU as it's commonly called. Right. The installation cost should be fairly similar, uh, but there's... A lack of familiarity among contractors with this type of system because it's not the common system. You know, the common one is the ATU that everybody knows and is familiar with. The aerobic so, treatment. Yes, the aerobic treatment unit. And so uh, those costs typically are, are a little bit inflated too. So we really don't know what the real price difference should be if the industry was prepared to deal with this design. Now, of course, a high-quality treatment unit of any type is going to be more expensive to install than a traditional septic system, you know, the kind of uh, septic tank uh, gravity field system. Uh, And then I'd also note that a subsurface strip irrigation field is going to be more expensive to install uh, than a spray dispersal system, which is often used with the ATUs. Uh, especially in the hill country. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, that additional cost will be justified by the irrigation benefit you get out of it and the, um, and the husbanding of, of the water that we should all be doing. 
earlier, you referred to the aerobic treatment unit. And as I understand it, many houses today are built with the uh, aerobic treatment unit, in which, as I understand it, the effluent from the bathroom is treated and sprayed over an area called the spray dispersal field. So uh, you've written about problems that occur with these units. Can you go over some of those issues? Well, yes. Um, the, to talk about what's really wrong, shall we say, with the ATU, uh, kind of gets into the weeds a bit, so I'll try not to be too technical. But it uses what's called the activated sludge technology. And this is the sort of technology that's used in all the big municipal treatment plants. Uh, the problem with it, it is, it's inherently unstable because it re- depends on its treatment effect with, uh, by, for microorganisms living in a slurry of water in concentrations far higher than found anywhere in nature. So you've got to pump air into it, and you've got to monitor the operating conditions to make sure what's called the food microorganism ratio stays where it should be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, So it's, it's something that really requires a lot of active oversight to be able to keep it on track. Well, in the on-lot operating environment for on-site systems, that kind of level of oversight is, is not deemed affordable to apply. I mean, the uh, maintenance contractors only even have to visit it three times a year. And so that, that sort of system is you know, going to be prone to have what they call excursions in its treatment um, um, quality. Uh, and as a matter of fact, there is a certification um, protocol for this kind of a system that has to be gotten in order to be approved for use in Texas. And that certification protocol will allow these excur- excursions now, to what occur. Now, what is an excursion? Well, just the, the, the quality is not as, as high as it should be. So, like, if they're aiming for, like, a 2020 BOD TSS, you know, they may have excursions up to 45, 50 or something like that. Well, we don't uh, know what that is. What, well, what is it, that, BOD? That, <laughs> BOD and TSS are the basic measures of how clean the water is, how well okay, treated so it is. so the measure of the So water. the lower that number, the cleaner the water is. Uh, and the uh, high-performance biofiltration concept will typically give you something like 10-10, very consistently, very reliably. But this ATU, like I say, it'll, it'll vary some, especially when you have what they call stress loadings. And as I was saying, the certification process <clears throat> for this kind of a system allows the uh, quality to um, go up. You know, to, to degrade during these stress loadings. Well, in the on-lot and op- operating environment, every day could be a stress loading because of the episodic nature of the way the water comes into the system. Now, what know, is a stress loading? Well, for example, a laundry day. Okay. Um, you know, some guests are in, so there's more water being used and so on. So that's that's the basic problem with it. Is just it's an inherently unstable system. You clearly see the biofiltration system as superior to this aerobic treatment unit. Yes. Okay. Well, as I said, it's very stable and robust. One one reason is because, as I said, the uh, activated sludge process of the ATU, its treatment effect is microbes living in a slurry of water, uh, in the biofiltration system, those microbes live on a media. You know, they're attached growth media versus suspended growth media, which is just much more stable to start with. You you don't have the uh, propensity to wash it out, you know, as if you get a big flow surge coming through the system or something like that. And so it's just, it's it's much more robust and stable to start with. And then the uh, characteristics of the system, as I said, you know, power is not required 
to impart the treatment process itself, it's only required to get the water to the top of the bed and then gravity flow through the media is what actually does the treatment. Whereas with the uh, activated sludge or the ATU, you have to have that power continuously there to keep blowing air into that water or you lose your treatment process. Mm -hmm. So if you have a power outage or if that blower fails, you've lost your process. And then it's gonna be several days once you get the thing restored before you're gonna start getting the quality of effluent you want. And that sort of thing just doesn't happen with a high performance biofiltration concept. So uh, what are, if, if this system that you've described is, is superior, then why is it not more popular? Why, why aren't people using it more widely? Basically price. Um, as I said, the uh, system will cost more. Um, also the, um, the installation, the, the ATU industry has kind of co-opted uh, a lot of the installers. You know, they have given a piece of the action and so they want to install that system. Uh, and they don't want to learn how to do something else. Uh, so the, there's a, um, you know, a lack of qualified installers available to do these, and so that has an impact on the price as well. If you don't have much competition, you know, you're going to charge more. Um, and uh, so uh, um, also the, uh, the regulatory system is, I wouldn't say it's unfriendly to it, but it's, uh, the Texas uh, on-site regulatory system is rather famous for giving ATUs the most favored status in the, uh, in the uh, approval process. I mean, all you have to do is point to, it's okay, it's on the approval list, and there's not any real design of it. There's not any real um, demonstration that you're going to be able to produce the effluent quality that's advertised as goes into the design of it. So there are just um, various institutional reasons why people just, you know, go with what the, the cookie-cutter approach, shall we call it. With the aerobic treatment unit, are there potential health effects from if it's not maintained properly or power goes out, things like that? Well, the, uh, as or I, has, has that ever happened? As I said, the, the ATU is usually uh, deployed, in the, at least in the hill country, with a spray dispersal system. And so now there's exposure to that water. So if it's not treated properly and if it's not disinfected properly, yes, there could be health impacts from that. Just you know, the So it's being sprayed in an open yeah, area. Yeah, it's okay. sprayed it's spewed somewhere out on the lawn. So, uh, uh, Joanne, you uh, obviously have picked this system for your, the house that you're building. Mm -hmm. um, what made you decide to pick this system? Was it uh, something that, or, and how did you learn about it? Actually. Oh, well, I've known David for about 10 or, or 11 years or so, maybe longer. But, uh, and we had gone through the ordeal of trying to sell the group of houses, uh, the group of houses for people on a common ground um, for, oh, several years at, at the most. But um, it's like any concept that is, is not constantly in use. And I certainly have watched David try to persuade cities and individuals that uh, this is what we need for the hill country. And I certainly agree. And I thought, well, I'll put my money where my mouth is and try this. It has been something of an ordeal. Why is that? Uh, first, we 
uh, couldn't find an installer. There's a favorite installer in every area. And that installer in the area where I'm building just threw up his hands and said, I'm not doing this. There's obviously the self-interest of the installers that I talked about before. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how you combat that. Um, really, to um, make this be used would require regulatory uh, muscle behind it. But as I said, the Texas on-site wastewater system is rather famous for um, not really giving a care <laughs> uh, uh, about uh, uh, the quality of the systems that go in. They just, you know, if it's on the approval list, it's fine. And that's about as much as they want to think about it. Uh, really, what we need is more clients like Joanne who uh, say, this is what I want because I want to husband this water. I don't want to throw it away. Um, I, I don't want to contribute to the uh, problems <clears throat> in, the, in the watershed. I, I want to you know, treat it right. And uh, that'll uh, stimulate more use of it. Yeah, we do have a fundamental problem with water in this society. As I said, so much of the water that flows through our communities is treated as if it's a nuisance. And the function of the management system is to make this go away as if there is some place that is away. Uh, and what we really need to be getting about is considering all water as a resource and integrating our management systems together to maximize the beneficial utilization of that resource. Uh, and uh, this is uh, you know, systemic uh, throughout our society with many, many sorts of problems like that, that uh, you know, this is the way we've done it. Uh, we don't want to think about something new. I hope we've given you something new to think about. Water truly is life, so it's not only important, it's essential. Please check out the One Water Concept online and consider ways in which it could be used in your home, your community. Please tell people you know about this podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth your source for sustainable living news.